Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Clark, Research Analyst with Money Markets here with your weekend edition of the Bull and the Bear podcast. Uh, before we get started, I do want to make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, just make sure if you're on our YouTube channel right now, just go ahead and click that subscribe button. Uh, you can click the notification bell right next to it and get notified each and every time we put out a new video. If you're listening to this as an audio podcast, go to youtube.com, type in Money and Markets in the search bar. You'll see our green Bull and Bear logo. Click that, click subscribe, click the bell, get notified. We've got a lot of great stuff uh, on YouTube, on our YouTube channel that you really don't want to miss out. Also check out our website, moneyandmarkets.com. Uh, there, uh, myself, Adam O'Dell, our chief investment strategist, Green Zone Fortunes co-editor, Charles Sizemore, and our entire team work very hard to give you uh, safe, sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information every single day of the week. You can uh, also sign up for our free daily e-letter that gives all that information to you and sends it straight to your inbox every single day for free. That's moneyandmarkets.com. Now I'm going to move on with today's podcast. Uh, I'm going to bring on uh, Chief Investment uh, uh, Chief Investment Research uh, Chief Investment Strategist. I'll get your title right. I will really. Uh, Adam O'Dell. Uh, and and I, I really just kind of want to focus on on something here. I, there, there was an article that has been passed around uh, amongst uh, some of us analysts and and others, and and I sent it on to you. And I, I want to see if you read it. And it has to do with. Uh, the possibility uh, of the Dow reaching a, a massive milestone uh, by the end of the summer. Uh, and, and I read through it and, you know, I have my thoughts and I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in, in a bit, but it really got me to do a lot of thinking. And I, I want to kind of get your take on it as well. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you read it. I think you have, but uh, Adam Odell, I want to bring you in and, and talk about this, uh, this article. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll reserve my opinions for for later, but I'll, I'll let you kind of I'll let you kind of jump in and 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 tell me what you think first. All right. Well, I'll make no bones about it. This is a, an extremely amusing article, but it's very little helpful uh, information, research, or analysis for uh, practically making money in the markets. First of all, I can't, I'd be remiss. We're not going to tell tell anybody who wrote this article. We're not in the business of disparaging people. Um, but I love that um, the the opening, uh, the image that they have just under the headline of this article is one probably from like the mid 1980s, where there's this Bigfoot monster truck with those, you know, like, you know, 10 foot tall tires, that's like crashing these old cars in front of a stadium and Bud Light and uh, McDonald's is, are the sponsors behind it. So, I mean, it's, I don't know what they're trying to say with this, you know, the market's going to crush crush it or what, but um, you know, I find that amusing. But let's get to the real meat of this story. So the meat of the story says that, you know, kind of asks the question, is the summer rally coming? And it gets to where this idea of a summer rally actually came from. We'll touch on that in a moment. But uh, basically, the, the analysis that it sets up in the second paragraph says that since the Dow Jones Industrial Average was created in 1896, at some point in June, July, or August, the market has been on average, 7.34% higher than where it stood at the end of May. So basically, if you started every single year at the end of May, and you looked into the three summer months, June, July, and August, at some point in those summer months, the Dow was up 7.4%. Uh, if you average out all, you know, 100 plus years of the index's history. That's so. Big. 
it's very vague. It's not. It's also not helpful. Um, so, well, it's actually, it's not, well, use the word vague, not to tell you that you're wrong. It's actually very specific. And that's the thing with statistics, because you can be very spe specific with statistics, but you can also be very misleading. So what you're probably trying to get at, I'm sure, is that this is misleading and it's not helpful. So what it shows is that um, the first problem I have with this is that it, it, rather than saying on a three month close basis, like if it said from the end of May through the end of August, close to close, this was the average return, that would um, be more valuable to me than this analysis because what somebody would be able to do with that information is buy on the close at the end of May, sell on the close at the end of August, and over a 20 or 30 year period, earn that average return as long as the market stayed uh, trading that pattern. But what this says is that at some point in those three months, I, a high was hit of on average 7.34%. And so you, can, you only know that backwards looking. You can only do that analysis after the fact. So you can't put um, you know, a, a limit order or a profit taking order uh, in the market at some level if you don't know what the high is going to be uh, in real time. So it's basically uh, one of these uh, analyses that makes for writing a good story that can get put up on market watch but it doesn't really help you at all trade that pattern. It then goes on to say that even though this summer, people call it a summer rally, it shows a chart, this article does, of every single month of the year, January through December. And if you made a trade at the end of each one of those months and took the high over the next three months, what would that high average out to be? Again, it's not very helpful analysis, but what it shows is that there's very little uh, variability between all 12 of the entry months. So basically, if you buy at the end of May, you might make slightly more over a three month period than if you bought at the end of June, but not that much. It's, it's very like it's indistinguishable, basically. And again, that's if you knew how to sell at the high within the following three months. So basically, it starts off with this article starts off with this idea about the summer rally, how it might be coming in 2021. Then it uses a really weird and uh, type of analysis looking at the highs over a three month period. Then it shows a chart that says, well, the summer rally is not really that, not that special. It's basically the, the, the same average as pretty much any other month, uh, whether it's in the spring, fall, winter, or summer. And then finally, I mean, just to bring it home, um, I'm sure you found this amusing as well, but it talks about the, at the end of the article about the, the origin of the summer rally. And basically, you know, decades ago when Wall Street was a lot more prominent and it was, uh, you know, making a lot more money on commissions and, and trading and whatnot, they knew that there was a lull in the summer, that trading activity and volumes were down over the summer months. People were on vacation, people were spending time with their kids that were out of school, and there was just a lot less trading. And so they might, might have concocted this story about a potential summer rally just to kind of get folks uh, to trading their accounts and so they could earn those commissions. And, and I think you found some stats that maybe there's, there's a bit of truth to a summer rally in the sense that one or two of the months can be strong, but overall, uh, I have some statistics to show uh, that it may not be as, as lucrative as you think. I, I did. And because like I said, when I read this, I started to become really intrigued, uh, you know, because you know, you always hear the sell in May go away, which is the, the, the common investment saying that, that investors should, you know, get out of their equity holdings or not buy any or, or just really just kind of sit on the sidelines in, in May and then wait to reinvest or, or bolster up their, or their, their portfolio sometime in the winter months, fall, winter months. Uh, and, and the rationale is that summer months are considered underperforming months for the stock market, just for the, the, the reasons that you, you laid out. However, 
um, I, I looked at a couple different data sets and, and, and the one I will admit is very short, but I think it illustrates something. First, I looked at the average monthly returns for the S&P 500 from 2018 to 2021. Uh, and, and what I found was, was very interesting. Um, between the months of June and August, which would be considered the summer months here, um, the S&P gained between 2.1 and 3.1% on the average over those months. The months where the index actually lost were actually January, or, or rather March, where they lost 1.8%, but factor in the, the COVID crash of last year, that's in there as well. Uh, February uh, was uh, an overall average loss of 1.7%. Again, same thing applies because stocks were kind of moving their way downward uh, in 2020. And then October, uh, which has an average return in those three years of uh, a negative 1.4%. So the summer months were not underperforming by any stretch of the imagination. Now, again, I know that's a very small data set uh, and, and it could, uh, impl you know, it could, I'm really not sure what it could, could suggest. So I broadened that out a little bit farther and I took average monthly returns uh, for the S&P from 1929, from the, the, the Great Depression, from the crash from, from Black Monday to 2021. And I found something even more interesting. Average returns for the S&P 500 in July are actually the highest than any other month of the year. From 1929 to 1921, to take that broad, long look, uh, the average monthly return for the S&P 500 is 1.6% in July. The next closest month is April at 1.5%. Only three months out of the year show a negative return over that long of a stretch. And you got February, which is about, February and May are negligible. It's kind of 0.1% to the negative. September is a negative 1% average, uh, average return. Everything else is in the positive, but July is 1.6%. That is the highest of any other month. So I, I, when I looked at that and I saw the analysis and kind of saw the wishwashiness and, and, and I, I, you know, I, I thought, okay, let's look at this from a different perspective. So no, that's, that's great. That's, and, uh, I'm glad you looked at the two different timeframes because, you know, a lot of folks, um, fall victim to what's called the recency bias. And you know that as well as I do. Basically, they're going to look at, you know, a small bit of history uh, in the, in, you know, in the recent past and extrapolate that into the future and say that's going to happen. So if they were to do that, they might think that the summer, uh, the summer, all three summer months are, are more lucrative and, and kind of load up ahead of the summer. Uh, but you were smart at being the wise analyst you are to look at a much uh, larger, uh, lengthier data set. Um, so that's interesting. What that shows is that We'll look at the whole summer overall, but what that shows is that one month out of the summer can be particularly strong, and that is July. That's, that's certainly interesting, and that is useful because you're looking at close to close data, not the not the highs as this one other article is doing. Um, it's also interesting that you found uh, September. You know, you often hear it quoted. It's different if you look at different time frames, but October is the other month that uh, tend to, tends to be pretty weak overall because a lot of the uh, you know a lot of the historical crashes and sell-offs and kind of uh, quick. Uh, pullbacks have happened in October. So you got a little bit more volatility there. Uh, some of that happens earlier in September, as you found in your data set. Um, yeah, February and May being down slightly is, is kind of negligible, but um, that, that really is interesting overall. So to kind of round out the discussion, let's talk about sell in May uh, and go away specifically. So that's one of those maxims that you hear talked about, and it does have some truth uh, bearing in the data. So um, I'm going to share with you, Matt, three charts and I'm, uh, we're going to try to share those with our listeners, either in the show notes or on YouTube, we'll put them up. Um, but basically, uh, I want to show you three charts and I want you to tell me which of these equity curves, which of these, uh, you know, account performance growths 
uh, curves that you would rather invest in. So here's the first one, Matt. Uh, you've got an orange line and a blue line. This is a little bit patronizing because it's going to be pretty easy to play this game. I hope you don't take it that way. <laughs> no, so no, between right. so between the blue line and the orange line, which one would you rather invest in? Smart investors looking at the orange line for sure. Smart investors look at the orange line and, and smart you are. So yeah, the orange line basically represents this the, the strategy, if you want to call it that, sell in May and go away. And basically what that involves is investing, keeping a buy and hold investment six months out of the year and then being out of the market the other six months of the year and doing that same thing year after year after year. So basically once May comes, you sell your stocks, you sit out May, June, July, August, September and October and then you reinvest in stocks at the beginning of November and you hold stocks November, December, January, February, March, April, and then you sell them again once May comes. So that's the sell in May strategy in orange. And you can see it does outperform the blue line. The blue line is simply the inverse of that. If you were to hold stocks from May through the end of October and get out of the stock market from the beginning of November, uh, through the end of April. So you can see that sell in May, go away, does seem to work. First of all, this data goes back, I'll tell you why we didn't go, go back super far, but um, this the data goes back to 2000, 2001. So the, the past 20 years or so. Uh, I did look at a larger data set. I, I won't share it on the screen. We don't, we don't have a chart of it, but uh, basically if you take the S&P 500 back to 1960, uh, sell in May and go away uh, creates uh, $4 million out of an initial investment of 100000 And the inverse of that basically doubles the initial investment to uh, about 200000 So certainly that holds over a longer period of time. So let's move on to the second chart. So I'm going to show you the second chart, Matt. Um, again, you tell me uh, which of these three lines, orange, blue, or gray, you would rather invest in. Again, smart investors looking at gray. All right. Yeah. yeah. Even, a even, uh, even my child could, could figure this one out, right? <laughs> For <laughs> he's, sure. He's seven months old. He would probably point. I would, I would hope at least. But um, so the gray line is, first of all, the orange and blue line are the same lines I just showed you. Sell and may and go away in orange, the inverse of that in blue. Uh, in gray is simply buy and hold. Okay. So that's if you bought the S&P 500 with $100,000 in uh, 2000, 2001. Can't remember the exact starting point and then just simply held it through today and let that compound. So what you can see here is that even though you might think you're being cute, even though you think you might be strategic, even though you think you might be um, smart to take the best six months out of the year and kind of go on vacation and take risk out of the market the other six months out of the year, um, overall, if you can keep your money in the market the entire year for a multi-decade period, which is what buy and hold is, you're going to experience a lot of volatility. I'm not a huge fan of buy and hold. I've actually not railed on it, but you know, shown why it's not the optimal uh, portfolio strategy. But nonetheless, you can still make more money in buy and hold than you can with uh, sell in May and go away. And that's mostly because you're giving up returns during those six uh, months that you're out. Uh, you're giving up the returns. Now, maybe they're light, slightly weaker returns than the six months that you're in, uh, but those are returns nonetheless. You might have more volatility. Uh, so you might be um, persuaded or uh, you, know, you might have an itch to kind of sell or to uh, readjust your holdings through that volatility. But if you have uh, the fortitude and the patience to sit through with buy and hold, then you can certainly earn more over a, a multi-decade period than if you just do the sell and man strategy, sell and man go away strategy. It's roughly a $100,000 difference on a $100,000 investment. The difference between sell and may go away and just buy and hold is about 100000 give or take. Maybe a little, yeah. a, little, a little more or less than that. Oh, man, it's a $100,000 difference in profit. 
Yeah, it's not insignificant. The numbers are going to change depending on what um, period you look at, but certainly it is, I've looked at it a number of different ways over the years and it is not insignificant. Um, so really the idea of just sitting out six months of, I mean, think about it. I mean, what kind of investor are you if just six months out of the year, you're, you're not investing? So that's almost, you know, it's not like, you know, there, there are certainly some strategies that are very targeted and I appreciate that. I run some myself, but at the same time, if you just, if you want to be in the market, but you don't want to be in the market for half the year, then you have to wonder, you know, what are you giving up for that? So that's what that shows. I've just, I've just never understood the sell in May go away. I've just never understood it. And, and I, I, it was actually nice to finally put numbers to it to see, okay, does it actually make sense? And, 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 and because I just never understood the concept. Why would you do that? What, right. what is the point? And it seems like right. that's a lot of work to, you know, wind up either right back where you started or maybe with just a slight gain up from, from where you ended in May. It just doesn't seem to make much sense. Right. Especially if you're passive, if you're buying hold, I mean, you're buying index funds and you're just letting them ride. Um, it's not like that takes any time. So if you're in the summer months, you're out traipsing around on vacation or spending time on the baseball field with your kid or whatever you're doing, it's not like it takes time to manage that portfolio. So why would you just close it down for six months um, just to, to be able to do those activities? So um, so the third chart I want to show you is, is basically uh, four lines. So the three we just covered and then one in green. Again, I won't patronize you, Matt. I'm going to assume that you're going to pick the green line. Uh, so, I am. <laughs> so let's, let's just keep it moving. Um, so here's here's this idea. So the idea behind sell and may and go away is based on seasonality. Okay. So it's based on this idea that stock markets do better or worse in certain months or certain seasons of the year or certain periods of time based on, you know, tendencies that kind of repeat themselves year after year after year. Likewise, you can also look at this on a sector basis, okay? So you can say, well, you know, the materials and the energy and the utility sectors tend to do best during the winter months, but the consumer discretionary and consumer staples and technology sectors tend to do better during the fall months. And you could you could invest that way. And that's it's somewhat a valid way to invest. But rather than looking at seasonal tendencies that may or may not happen year after year after year, the, the downfall with that is that each year is different. Okay, so you have these seasonal tendencies, but what that strategy doesn't take into account was last year we had COVID in March. What that doesn't take into account is last year we had a, an oil crisis that caused oil futures to go negative and then rebound super strong. What, we, what this uh, strategy, any, any seasonality doesn't take into account is that we had an election last November and we got uh, basically a Democratic president who has different ideas and different plans than the outgoing president. So seasonality does not capture those real-time changes in underlying market drivers. And that's where a tactical uh, momentum and trend uh, approach or strategy can really do a lot better than seasonality. So again, seasonality looks at history and says, we're gonna do the same thing year after year after year. A tactical momentum approach says, we're gonna look at what's happened over the past two or three months and we're gonna pick up on trends that are just now starting. And we're gonna see if we can ride those trends for another two or three months, or maybe even six months if they go on. Okay, so if you'd gotten on the oil rally uh, at the end of last year, you would have made a lot of money. If you'd gotten on the rally in financial stocks at the end of last year, once Biden won, you would have made a lot of money. Um, so this is really about real-time analysis and real-time understanding of momentum and where those trends are. So let me just tell you what this green line is. You pick the winter map. 
Um, the green line is basically a tactical sector rotation strategy that I came up with in 2011, and we launched an options trading service around it in 2012. And what the green line represents is a, a nine ETF basket or portfolio of ETFs. And those ETFs are the spider ETFs. They represent the nine major sectors in the US economy. So like XLK is technology, XLV is healthcare, XLI is industrials, XLF is financials. Um, and so basically, if you had used my real-time momentum algorithm to make uh, trades that last only three months at a time, anytime one of those sectors was showing above average market beating momentum, meaning that over the last three months, the sector was really showing a statistically significant uh, level of outperformance over the S&P 500. And you bought that sector, like so in the fall, if you bought the energy sector ETF XLE, because you saw that it was beating the market, the overall market by a wide margin, and you expect, well, maybe that trend will last for another two or three or four months. Uh, basically, if you had done that over this entire 20 year period, the green line is what you would get. Okay, so you're always in the market. You're not selling in May and going away. You're always in the market, but you're rotating your investment from one sector to another based on what is hot right now in real time. So it's not based on seasonality. It's based on real time momentum. And you're never really out of the market. So you're not trying to dodge any you know, weak period or more volatile period of the market. What you're really trying to do is harness that volatility and harness the, the momentum in various sectors. Sometimes those sector trends line up with seasonality. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're sparked more by a catalyst and they have nothing to do with seasonality. Uh, but that is an approach that I found far more favorable, far more profitable than just, you know, very bland and, and kind of naive uh, seasonality like, like sell and man go away. So that's something I would, um, you know, urge folks to consider. Um, the service I'm referring to is called Home Run Profits. It's my options trading service that I've run for nearly a decade now. It's based on this idea of sector momentum uh, and sector rotation, but we do trade options so we get a lot more bang for our buck. But um, that's, what I, that's what I have to say about selling May and Go Away. I think it, it makes for great articles on Market Watch, particularly <laughs> if you can put um, a picture of a Bigfoot crushing cars at the top of it. Uh, but I would not recommend our, our readers or listeners to put too much uh, faith into that or to trade their accounts like that. I'm going to recommend our editorial staff try to find more uses of Bigfoot trucks, uh, of monster trucks, of monster trucks crushing things. So I think that just, you know, uh, yeah. just adds to it. But yeah, I, I, again, I, I was really glad that I, I, I found this article and, and I'm really glad that you took a look at it because I, I think it really provides uh, our, 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 our listeners and our readers a, a different perspective of things because, you know, sometimes these, you know, these old axioms, these old sayings can just become ingrained. Uh, and, and, and whether they're true or not, it's kind of like urban legend, you know, they kind of become true because they're said so much over and over again. So you tend to believe it. And, but, but we, when you really dig down and, and look at the data and, and look at the numbers and you look at the numbers in, um, I don't want to say the right way, but in a way that makes sense, um, a, a way that compares apples to apples and not one that just kind of takes arbitrary figures and, and kind of works it that way. Uh, then you really get a picture as to whether these things are actually true or not. And I think what we've seen here is that the sell and may go away. Yes, you, you do tend to make profit, which is fine, but the potential here to make much, much more is there if you're just even doing just a simple buy and hold or looking at you know, the second rotation strategy that you've got, which I, I, I fully agree with. I, I, I think it's great. It's a great, it's a great strategy. It's very simple. It's not, 
you know, it, it isn't mind-numbing mathematics. It's if you're if you're an investor looking for uh, you know a guide to get yourself to that profit level, this is very very it's very very easy to 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 get into. Um, and I think really clearly the graphic shows you know illustrates it very well. You know, blue line is 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 just kind of your inverse of, of sell and may go away. Orange line, sell and may go away. You make a little money. You're looking at probably a hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty thousand dollar gain on a hundred thousand dollar investment. Uh, the, the, the gray line here is just to refresh is, uh, just a rate, a straight buy and hold. You're just buying and holding nothing, no, no fuss, no must, no nothing. And, and you're looking at probably a $270,000 profit. But now look at the green line. You start with a hundred thousand dollar investment by the end of the, by the end of it, if you follow the system, you know, to, to the letter and, and, and do what's prescribed. Obviously, you see some ups and downs. That's just that's just the market that happens. But at the end of the day, what you're looking at is what's that end point? What's that end point of where I want to be? And you look at that. That's seven hundred and I'm going to guess seven hundred and I say fifteen seven hundred twenty thousand dollars on a hundred thousand dollar investment. That's a six hundred twenty thousand dollar return compared mm -hmm. to a hundred thousand dollar return uh, for buying Mesa and go or selling May go. Right. I mean, yeah. to me, it's. It's significant. And like you said, the numbers uh, change from different periods. And like I said, this is a back test that um, I started in 2011 as I was devising this strategy. And we, uh, you know, obviously you never know how strategy is going to work out in real time. But what we've seen year after year after year is that this core baseline uh, sector rotation strategy, which is the, the foundation of my options trading service, is not the whole strategy, but it has continued to make new highs. I mean, it certainly took a walloping in the, in the COVID early 2020 crisis, like everything, because it was long sectors. Uh, but um, like a lot of uh, things that has recovered, it is now making new highs still this year. And uh, this is the simplest implementation uh, in my home run profit service. I uh, basically hand curate and hand feed uh, with a silver spoon, so to speak, um, basically options trades that are high probability, high profit potential. Uh, some of them are based on the sector ETFs themselves. Some of them are, are on individual stocks within those sectors. Uh, so I basically, I, like you said, I make it simple for everybody to kind of trade this approach and with a little bit of uh, options leverage there, uh, non-recourse leverage, meaning you can't lose more than you put into an investment. Uh, so you're not going to get margin calls and nothing uh, crazy like that. But uh, it's a great way to trade the market. We haven't had a down year yet in the past nine years. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to another 10 years of that. Bottom line here is it's okay to, to read things on the internet. There's a, there's a lot of great things that you can you can read and you can hear out there. But if there's something that really strikes your fancy, make sure that you know you you do your homework a little bit. You know, look into this and ask questions. Uh, you know, because we're talking about your money and 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 is it is it smart to follow the advice of of sell and may go away? Is it smart to expect this or that or whatever? You know, do your research. Look things out. I mean, Adam Adam does a great job of of, of providing. Uh, research, uh, you know, I help him with that, uh, uh, you know, providing, providing that research to, to help you become uh, more profitable in the long run, because that's our goal. Our, our goal is, is, is to make you, our, our listeners, our viewers, our readers, more money in the end. That, I mean, that's, it, it's just that simple. It, it, that, that, that there's no way to kind of, you know, the, the, you can mix it however you want. But at the end of the day, we want you to make more money because why wouldn't we? I mean, it's just, it's just that simple. So uh, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it there. We, we had a pretty uh, good, good long discussion. Appreciate that, Adam. Uh, your, your insight is, is great. Always welcome. Uh, and, and we'll, we'll try to, we'll make sure we show the charts and, and provide links to uh, some of the things we talked about here. 
uh, probably not the article we were referring to, but we'll, we will, uh, uh, you know, and uh, sorry, it's just one of those things, you know, you put yourself out there, sometimes, you, you know, there is going to be some criticism. So, uh, and that's just kind of what this is. It's, it, it is what it is, but it's our view, our opinion, not trying to bash anyone, not trying to hammer on anyone, not trying to defame or anything like that. It's just our opinion happens to be contrary to what this uh, this article, this article and its research inside provided that it's just as simple. So, uh, Adam, again, appreciate it. Uh, thank you for coming on this weekend uh, for the weekend edition of the bull and the bear. We look forward to talking to you more next week. Uh, enjoy your, uh, Memorial day weekend. Hope, uh, hope you and the family, uh, the, the, the new baby, uh, the first Memorial day for the new, for the new one. So, uh, I hope that, uh, that, that goes very well. Uh, and, uh, everyone make sure you do check out, uh, you know, check out all the other things going on, on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button uh, and get the notification bell. Click on that and uh, get notified every time we put out new things. We've got Ask Adam Anything where I get to sit down and ask Adam anything you want. Any question you have, I will pose it to him. We get a lot of questions uh, all the time about stuff, and I love to sit down with Adam and get his take on, on, on what, the, what, is, what his thoughts are on different things. Charles Sizemore, Greens on Fortunes co-editor, uh, does have a new video series as well, Investing with Charles. He breaks down different stocks, tell you, tells you whether he thinks they're good investments, and backs up why he thinks they are or why they're not. Uh, also, we've got the Bull and the Bear podcast uh, and the Marijuana Market Update, which I host every week where we talk about the cannabis market and uh, all the things going on within there. We talk about different stocks, uh, different uh, different sectors of cannabis and and, and news on federal uh, on legalization as well. Plus, we've got some new things coming up on YouTube, uh, on our YouTube channel. I want to make sure you stay tuned for that coming up here very, very shortly. It's going to be great. Uh, I think it's going to really uh, bolster the community that we have here on money and market. So make sure you check all that out. If you have a question, uh, maybe you've got a particular stock you'd like us to look at, anything like that, you can email us directly, the bull and the bear at moneymarkets.com. That's all spelled out, the bull and the bear, all spelled out at moneymarkets.com. Uh, we've got much more coming up, but I hope everyone enjoys their Memorial Day weekend. Uh, head over to moneymarkets.com. Check out our safe, sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information. Sign up for that free daily e-letter. Until then, for Adam O'Dell, Chief Investment Strategist of Money and Markets and founder of Greens on Fortunes, I am research analyst Matt Clark, wishing everyone safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. 